Okay, tonight we're, we're still on Peter, and we're going to discuss, actually we're going to discuss Peter's conflicts, okay? Some conflicts that Peter had, and, and, and it's going to sound like at first that it doesn't go along with something that I taught you earlier, but I'll explain it to you in a moment, okay? And we're going to start in Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. Matthew 16. And as a matter of fact, before we go any further, I'm going to give you two other verses of Scripture or just two other books, okay? Matthew chapter 16. So when you find that, let me know. Say amen or, you know, we go, okay? All right. Now I need you to go to and go ahead and mark Isaiah chapter 26. Isaiah chapter 26. Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 32, okay, I'm sorry, I'll stop, put a wrench in everybody's plans on us sometimes, Deuteronomy chapter 32, so, I, so we're, we're starting in Matthew 16, we will reference Isaiah 26, Deuteronomy 32. Okay, so let's begin in Matthew chapter 16. Let's go to verse 13. Now, when Jesus came into the, dis the district of Caesarea Philippi, he was asking his disciples, well, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Now, I want to explain something to you in verses 14, because you have a, you're going to have a couple of groups of people here, okay? Verse 14, and they said, now they, that means he got response, responses from several of the disciples, but none of them included Peter, okay? And they said, some say John the Baptist. Now, Keep in mind, there's people out there that don't understand who Jesus is. They don't understand who the Son of Man is. So some of them are saying, this is John the Baptist. Now, keep in mind, these people had seen John the Baptist, okay? You got to keep, you know, because John was alive, and then he was beheaded, you know. And then you have, okay, so that's one group. Then you have, and others, Elijah's, Elijah, okay? That's another group. Okay, some people are saying John the Baptist, some are saying Elijah, and Elijah would be considered what? Um, John the Baptist would be considered what? A prophet like Elijah or the forerunner, okay? Then you have another group, but still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets, okay? So now, everyone, even though all these different groups are mentioning different people, they are all mentioning prophets, okay? They're all mentioning prophets. <coughs> Verse 15, then he asked them this question. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? 
No one now we have Peter again in his role of speaking for everyone. But but this time it's a good thing. But I'm because I'm going to explain some to you. But who do you say that I am? Verse 16. Simon Peter. Now we have his. We have what name? We have Simon, Simon Peter. and We have Peter attached. OK, answered. Now, he spoke clearly. There was no division in his response here. I want you to look at his response. You are the Christ. Now, let's stop right there. You are the Christ. That is a beautiful answer for Peter to give Jesus. Right. Because we know Christ means what? Anointed one. Correct. But uh, but we have to understand when we when we say Christ is the anointed one, he's anointed for a purpose. Okay, he's anointed for a purpose. Okay, when you dealt with sacrifices in in the Old Testament, was the sacrifice anointed? Yes, it was anointed and it was anointed for what, though, for a specific purpose. In other words, if you're sacrificing, let's say you're sacrificing a a lamb or doves or whatever for for a sin offering. Did it apply for a burnt offering? No, it did not. Okay, good. No, it did not. But here we have Peter saying, you are the you are the Christ. You are the anointed one. (coughs) The son of the living God. The anointed one, the son of the living God. Now, what does that mean? When you hear that response, because it's never been applied, because keep in mind, the anointing is going to be applied to the sacrifice. There's no other sacrifice that's ever been attached to being of God. Okay, so Peter is making a very powerful statement when he says you are the Christ, you are the known anointed one, the son of the living God. He attaches his direct relationship to God okay are y'all following me right now I'm gonna stop for a minute make sure you are you any any arguments or disagreements right now because of course those those can't be in a Baptist church we don't argue or disagree okay (laughs) so any is anyone confused by this so far y'all with me I got to make sure my 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 scholars my resident scholars y'all good okay good now just (laughs) (laughs) the kids are like what who who what (laughs) okay the son of the living God now let's look at Jesus look at the response of Jesus and Jesus said to him blessed are you whoa look at this name Simon Barjona now I've taught you before that Simon Barjona was used as a negative when it dealt with Peter but it also was used when it was dealt with his flesh Okay, when Peter was in his flesh, Jesus always called him what? Simon Barjona, when he reacted in a wrong way or something like that, Jesus would refer to him as Simon Barjona. But now look at this. Look at what Jesus says this time. And Jesus said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. Wow. Now, what are you thinking right now? What are you thinking? We have Jesus. Not telling Peter, but telling Simon, Simon Barjona that he's blessed. Would you like for me to elaborate? God wrote a song about it. Want to hear it? Here it goes. Okay. <laughs> Y'all remember that TV show? Anyway, um, when he's talking about Simon Barjona here, 
he's not refer- referring to him in a negative. But what does Jesus say about someone who can recognize who Christ is and his purpose? You have to have, for whatever moment, and Jason and myself alluded to this last week in, some, in a conversation, but the presence of the Holy Spirit had to be granted at a specific, uh, for, for, for only if it was for a moment, just to recognize the deity and the purpose of Christ. Okay? So, but here's the key. When he tells him, when he calls him Simon Bar-Jonah, he's showing the other disciples that the Holy Spirit is coming upon you in this state. Okay? In this state, the Holy Spirit is coming upon you. Now look, look at this, look carefully. Because, look at the next part, because flesh and blood did not reveal. Flesh and blood did not reveal. So that means something else had to reveal it. And the only thing that reveals is what? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what reveals. The Holy Spirit is what opens your eyes and calls you as a lost person to God, right? So he says, now he's clear, because flesh... He calls him Simon Barjona because he wants it clear. You are you are in the flesh right now. And it wasn't by your power that you recognize what who I am. Okay? Anybody confused at this moment? Let's stop for a minute. Any questions right now? Anybody kind of perplexed? Anybody amazed? <laughs> okay, good. Christy's like, yeah, I'm kind of, yeah. You see that? Do you see it? Good. Now, we're not done yet. That's just the first little nugget that we're at right now. These are great little nuggets, okay? So he says, because flesh, Simon Barjona, keep in mind, because flesh, Simon Barjona, because flesh, Simon Barjona, that's what you're operating in. Didn't and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Now, what happens here? What happens? What happened? He's tying the Holy Spirit back. Very good point. And he's also, but he's also saying that you have been in direct contact. Direct communication has happened. You weren't in the temple. There wasn't a sacrifice done. Guess what? For a moment in Peter's life at this time, the veil was already torn because he had direct connection to God and heard this revelation. That you are the Christ, the living son of God. The son of the living God. I'm sorry. You see that? All right. Now, we're still not done with this nugget. Go back. Blood did not reveal. Blood did not reveal. Okay. Blood of everything from here, this earth, did not reveal it to you. You see, he, he wanted it clear. That you've got to take every aspect of you out of it. If you want to hear God, you've got to take every aspect of you out of the way. Every fleshly desire, every... Fle- now, keep in mind, the other disciples gave him multiple answers, didn't they? they it's John the Baptist. Well, it's Isaiah. Oh, no, he's Jeremiah or some other prophet. But, you know, and then when it came time to answer the real question, who do you say that I... Who do you say that I am? I understand how his question was proposed to the disciples. He says... Who do the people say? The people. 
go ahead, say that again. Who does flesh and blood say? Exactly. Now, who do you say? And then Peter comes up and says, this is who you are. And he was able to say it clearly without question. Go ahead, Mike. You got Exactly. That's we're going back to that. But thank you. Uh, yeah, you, you, exactly. They they you see. A long time. Exactly. And, and keep in mind, these people aren't you. It wasn't common to walk around and see the dead risen. Right. Until Jesus showed up, who rose him from? Who got him up out of the dead? But they're going to walk around and say, well, hey, guess what? Just hey. <laughs> Man, I was down there at 7-Eleven, and I walked up, and guess who I saw? Jeremiah was standing there, man. He was standing in line getting some cigarettes. You know what I mean? You see what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, that's, a, that's the thought process, you know. And never mind that this is Jesus, and never mind at any time did Jeremiah or Isaiah or anyone have this authority that Jesus had or commanded over the— and keep in mind, they've seen a lot of miracles now. The people had seen a lot of miracles. And the pro, but and that's why he keep in mind, this is an intimate question he, he's asking the disciples. Because it's key that they understand it. Because guess what? They are going to be the message takers. Because after this point, Jesus is about to switch. In Matthew, he's about to switch to his ministry of teaching the disciples alone. Okay? And giving them more specifics and details. Now, let's get this. Okay, see all these little nuggets coming out of here. Ain't it good when you get those nuggets out? I love teaching. I love nuggets. Now, not McNuggets, but like the, these are like these are like Chick Fil A Chick Fil A nuggets. You know what I mean? They're good. <laughs> okay. So flesh did not, f- but blood did not reveal this to you. But my Father, now, keep in mind now. Jesus says, my father, and then he gives his destination, and he gives not only his destination, but he gives his location of his father, who is in heaven. Peter, Simon Barjona, you in the flesh have been spoken to by God. Okay? That's the conversation. Now, look at this. Go to verse 18. Then after that happens, because of that answer, I also say to you that you are Peter. Now, we're going to stop before we go any further. I also say to you that you are Peter. Now, because Peter, for a moment, has experienced the power of the Holy Spirit, okay? There's been no fleshly change, but there's been a spiritual change in Peter's life, okay? And and, and Peter is supposed Peter should be getting at this time should be he's not there. He should be getting what? What should he be getting with this change? What should he be getting? He should understand and what we should always understand that there's no power and no connection to God in the flesh. It's only spiritual. He should be picking up on that. But guess what? Jesus Christ, the Son of God, gives you a compliment. You're going to kind of get cocky, aren't you? Okay. <laughs> you, you know what? And we're going to find out what happened later on. But he says, he said, I also say to you that you are. Now, here's a big deal. That you are. Okay. 
you are Peter. Now, in this situation, Peter, if you remember the definition of the word Peter, uh, piece of a stone, piece of a stone, Petros, piece of a rock, piece of a rock. Okay, now look at this. And upon this rock, see that word rock? You looking at rock? Upon this rock, I want you to go to Isaiah 26. And I want you to go to verse 4. Hold Matthew, but go to, go to 26 and verse 4. And in Isaiah 26, the word of God says, Trust in the Lord forever, for in God, the Lord, we have an everlasting rock. 26 and 4, we have an everlasting rock. Now, you know how I am, though, about letters. Look at the rock in the New Testament, Matthew chapter 16. I mean, yeah, Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18. It's lowercase. It's not the same rock. He is a piece of the rock here. This is where his name clearly represents a piece of the rock. Because Jesus is not, because we find in Isaiah chapter 26 that the Lord is the rock. Okay? Peter is not being assigned deity. This is where some people make a mistake. Because there's some religions that believe Peter was assigned deity because he was called the rock. Okay. So now he says on this rock, upon this rock, I will build my church. Now it's a lowercase. Now go to Deuteronomy. Go to Deuteronomy. <clears throat> go to verse chapter 32 and go to verse 15. Chapter 32 and verse 15. But Jeshurun grew fat and kicked. You are grown fat, thick, and sleek. <laughs> I know, y'all laughing at this. Then he forsook God who made him and scorned the rock of his salvation. That rock is what? It's the capitalization as well. What, he's, what, what this scripture is re re referring to here is Jeshurun grew fat and kicked. You are grown fat, thick, and sleek. What does that mean? This is not an insult. This is, hey, Jeshurun is starting to kind of come into his own. He's looking good, and he's walked away from Christ. He's walked away from the rock, okay? He's walked away from the rock. Once again, this rock is who? Is Jesus. The rock that we're talking about with Peter is a piece of the church, is a piece of the body. So, now I want you to understand something. Let's go back. Go back to Matthew chapter 16. So this rock, and he, he, Peter says this wonderful thing about Jesus. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. Blessed are you, favored are you, Peter. One, he's identifying this favorite because he's recognized that he has been told something by the Spirit of God, and he's responded what he's been told. Peter is not aware of what's, in, what's, 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 what's happened to him. Then he says this. He says, this, this, to you, this has not been revealed to you, but, but my Father who is in heaven. He's the one that revealed it. Verse 18, I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock, okay, you are Peter. So this piece of the rock 
has no deity, but keep in mind, it has authority. This piece of the rock doesn't have deity, but it has authority. You have to be able to define that, okay? Because does the church have authority to operate in this world today? Does the church, yes or no? Don't be afraid to answer. Does the church have authority to operate? Yes, it does. Okay? See, that's why you have to be a little rock, a piece of the rock of salvation to operate in the authority that has been given to the rock of salvation. So Peter gets this. Peter's been assigned this. And I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. Now, we talked about this before. The church is not going. Now, is Satan in the church? Is Satan in the church? But Satan will not defeat the church. The church will not suffer a defeat. Now, are there churches that are being misled by demons? We've got a lot of false teachers out there, don't we? We've got a lot of things. Okay, for instance, uh, you all are sitting here listening to the word of God being taught in depth, right? Okay. There's some places where that doesn't happen, correct? Anyone ever been part of that? Yeah. Okay. Been part of that. Where the, the details of the reality of who we are, what we are facing and what we're up against are not taught. That, that can't be considered the true church if it's falling to the attack. We just had this conversation. We just had this conversation. That's why I kind of just said, go away, Mike, because you're about to start my Sunday. Because the church, now let's read the scripture. Peter's got a load just dumped on him. You are now Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. What does that mean? It doesn't mean that it won't fight it. It just means that it won't lose to it. Okay? See, we, we often, you know, that's, that's part of the other false teaching that we run into is that, well, we shouldn't be under attack ever, 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 ever. I'm saved. I'm okay, right? We know better now. We've lived long enough. Everybody here who's over the age of eight should, be real, should realize now that, you know what, hell's real and I get attacked every day. Okay? You may. Can we break it down some more? Yeah. Mm -hmm. When he's talking about upon this rock, okay, keep in mind. I want, okay, let me, I'm going to break it down a little bit more. Jesus Christ is the rock of salvation, right? Well, because he's, he's Lord. But here's the other thing. Peter is a piece of the rock. Most people teach that Peter is the foundation of the church, and he is not the foundation of the church. He's a part of the church, and he's a piece of it, okay? There can only be one foundation, and that's Jesus. The cornerstone, it can only be one foundation. So when he's calling Peter a rock, and it's spell, spelled with a small r, that means there's no deity, there's no, um, uh, no, he has, he has the authority of the church, but there's no deity. There's no God assigned to him. 
That means he's just a small piece, okay, on which he will be a leader in the church, and he's going to direct, and the church, because, you know, he preached the sermon at Pentecost, is going to come through him, but it's going to be based on Jesus, the foundation. So that's why he's a piece of the rock. That's what Peter, Petros, means, a piece, not the rock, okay? That capital letter, is that broken down enough? That would be good. Did y'all get that? Was that good? Okay. All right, so now. Man, I'm getting tired. Not a family, not a family, but more like um, he is he has been given authority. He's been given partial authority that Jesus has to operate. Okay. Yeah, he's been given power. He's been given power. Okay. What? Correct. Correct. Exactly. Any other comments? Right. Yeah, they're all part of the same system. Right. We all know a stone is bigger than a rock. They didn't rock people to death, okay? They stoned them to death, okay? And there's a difference because a rock, it'd take a bunch of rocks to kill you. It won't take but one stone for you to go uncle, okay? Say uncle, okay? Just, just get that. Okay, so now, does that help you, Ms. Hannah? Okay, all right, good. That's the goal. We want to get it. So now, <coughs> now, because look what he had. He said, the gates of Hades will not overpower. You're going to you're gonna have to fight, Peter, but you will not be overpowered by it. Okay? And I want you to think of overpowering as a wrestling match. Okay? The goal of the opponent, of each um, uh, wrestler, is to overpower the other one. In other words, gain influence, gain influence, and take control of. That's what overpowering means. Because let me tell you something. Satan wants us all dead and wants us all, you know, lost and wants us all confused. But he knows he can't get that, y'all. He knows he can't get that. He's going to try. He knows he can't get that. But if he can overpower you and confuse you and weaken you and subdue you, he will. And once you're subdued, what happens? You start following to the will of the one that subdued you, okay? Got it? Okay. So now, let's go to verse 19. Look what Jesus says. I will give you keys. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Now, this is critical. This is critical that we understand this part. And whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. Now, I'm going to make this as simple as I can. When he says, I'm giving Peter the keys to heaven, what he's telling Peter is, is I'm giving you knowledge of what God is thinking and, and what God wants in heaven. And guess what? You're going to do that here. In other words, you and heaven will be in agreement. That's what that means. 
that ain't I bind you. I'm bound. You know, this gold in heaven and I'm I'm loosening it down here on earth. No, you ain't. You ever heard that kind of crazy stuff? You know, they, I, I, I'm you know, I'm calling down things from heaven because they are opened up for me. I got the keys. Listen, let me tell you something. My daughter has the key to my house, but she knows good and doggone well. She better not go in there and take nothing out of there that I ain't told her she can't take. OK. <laughs> mm hmm. But exactly, that's the key. And that's what I'm saying. So the Holy Spirit, the key that you've been given is the Holy Spirit. And it's going to open up the it's going to it's going to communicate. See, the Holy Spirit, he's going to communicate your moans and groans to God and your pains. But guess what? Your will, your will has no effect on God. It has no effect on God. Well, I'm a will me some of this and I'm a no, you can't you can't will nothing because there's only one will. And that's the perfect will of God. And those keys open up the door so that you have that access. And that's what he's talking about. So whatever you buy, you heaven, heaven and those who are destined for heaven will be in agreement and lined up together and speaking the same language. And and saying, and, and guess what? When you bind it in heaven and loose it on earth and loose it in heaven, whatever, I mean, bind it in heaven and bind it on earth, that means you're thinking like God and acting like God, and they're aligned, and God is agreeing with you. God is saying, God is saying, amen, I agree. I agree. Okay? When we start doing these things, we start doing missions and all this other stuff, And he shows his approval. How? Guess what happens? It keeps going. So, so look. Look what happens here. You're right. Look what happens here. Go to verse 20. Then he warned the disciples that they should tell no one that he was the Christ. That's interesting, isn't it? Why? Take a stab at it. Jason knows. But take a stab. Why? Right. Because Peter understood it because the Holy Spirit was was applied to him at that time. The Holy Spirit hadn't come to all men yet. Okay, so don't go telling them. So they start believing mechanically and not spiritually. Does that make sense? You believe it in your mind, but you're not believing it here. There's no faith tied to it. Someone just told you what happened. You know, it's like people believe in dinosaurs roamed the earth 65 million years ago. Well, anyone that can do math can look and say, hey, we ain't been around that long. Ain't nothing been around that long, you know. So so how you figure that out? Okay, so don't tell anyone. Understand, don't tell anyone. The time to tell will come. Now we're in the time to tell. Now we're in the time to tell, okay, because the people... Keep in mind, the people thought they was he's just a prophet. He's uh, he's somebody that came back to life, and then they went on back to you know playing the game, right? Whew. Okay, 
Now, go over to verse 21. Now, here's the conflict. Peter just got a pat on the back, right? Now he's about to get punched in the gut. (coughs) From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised up on the third day. Now, Peter, (laughs) Jesus, you patted me on the back. I got this relationship just like just like just like God, Moses, me and Jesus. That's it. Right. I got this. Peter took him to the side. Jesus, come here. (laughs) We got to talk. Don't be telling him all that stuff. That's upsetting. Peter took him to the side and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord. Now, now, see, that's the that's the odd thing. Now you can tell there's no Holy Spirit there no more. Because he says, God forbid, and then he calls him Lord, which means he's the means that he's acknowledging that Jesus is the authority. God for who? Okay, okay, hold on. All right. <laughs> Jason, go up to your boss tomorrow. And I want you to, he's the authority. And I want you to tell him what he ain't gonna do. Maggie, when he comes home early, fix him a grilled cheese, make him feel better, okay? Yeah, yeah, I know it, but but you can't. Now, here's Peter's conflict. He just experienced you are the Christ. You are the anointed one, which has everything to do with the offering, the son of the living God, which has everything to do with the power that is in heaven. Jesus turns around and gives him the key. Now, he gave him the keys to heaven. I got keys, Jesus. I can talk and tell you whatever I need to. Now, I got keys to the house. Once again, my middle daughter, she's got keys to my house, but I better not, I'm going to say it as country as I can, I bet not find out she had been in my house and got something. <laughs> right? <laughs> God forbid it, Lord. This shall never happen to you. Now, now Peter, get this. You just understood what anointed was. Yeah, <laughs> five minutes. It, it, it's, it's just like in James. It's like the man that looks in the mirror and then looks away and walks away and forgets what he looks like. You can't forget what this looks like, right? You, okay, so look, John, stop. <laughs> but look at this. This shall never happen to you. This shall never happen to you. Wait a minute, you just called him anointed, which means that you understand he's a sacrifice. You should, right? But he turned. <laughs> but he turned. Now, Jesus, he's, but he turned and said to Peter. Now, now I want you to get this, because I've got Peter highlighted in my Bible. He doesn't say Simon Barjona in this rebuke. He said, Peter, because if anybody's got to get it right, it's got to be the church that gets it right in defining who Christ was and what Christ did. I ain't worried about your flesh getting it right. Now the church has to get it right. So in this rebuke, he addresses Peter as the church. Look at it. Uh Uh-huh. You see it? He turned and said, church. Peter, let's look at it. There we go. He might, as well <laughs> he might as well put us. Get behind me, Satan. 
See, we don't ever connect that. You know, we're always used to him calling Simon Barjona because he's been a bad, he's been a bad little, you know, new disciple. Yeah, you've been, you're, you're not listening, Peter. I'm clapping your hand. But now the church is in the way of trying to preach the gospel. You see? You know how many churches we need to say, get behind me, Satan, because you're in the way of the mission and you're not preaching the gospel. Because then look what he says. You are a stumbling block to me. Not that Jesus can't get through the stumbling block, but you're hindering the word. You're hindering the whole process. You're hindering the whole purpose of what I am here to do. And that's what the church cannot be accused of or be guilty of. And yet, are we or are we not? There you go. Okay. See, this is the conflict that Peter had. He gets the pat on the back because, hey, Peter, you got it. And here are the keys. I mean, Simon Bar-Jonah, you've, you've experienced the Holy Spirit. Guess what? Good job. You're favored. You're blessed. This is, this is good. Now, you have the keys to heaven because you understand this, because you understand that your flesh your flesh didn't reveal it. You understand that you are, you've heard from God. He experienced the veil torn. He experienced all this, these things. You got it, Peter. Now, get in line with God and agree with God. Okay, Jesus. But then Peter got back in the flesh. Just like that. Because, yeah, because yeah, he went, okay, got a pat on the back from Jesus. Y'all see that? He probably didn't wash his, his cloak for a week, you know. <laughs> Jesus touched me right there, you know. <laughs> and, yes. You turn. Yeah, he was he was referring to Peter as your activities, Peter, are the exact same as Satan's activities and they're hindering the word and hindering the message. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So look at this. Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me now. And he tells him why. And we're done for you are not setting your mind on God's interest, but man. In other words, the church is not trying to forward the mission of Christ, but trying to get more people in the pews. Or they're trying to get, hey, they're trying to get the, the, the latest and the greatest of this. Or they're trying to get worldly recognition. Whatever it is, your mind, the church's mind cannot afford to be set on their own earthly mission. It must be set on God's holy mission. And he tells Peter to get behind him. Yes, it's all spiritual. So if you were to take the church today, and Peter's a perfect example, this is one of his conflicts, he got confused. He got off track, and he started worshiping the wrong things. And he started trying, in other words, he started putting his own desires above God's. So, yes, and he wrote a zero, as you like to say, Brother Bill Goodman. Okay? 
And, and that's what we have to understand, okay? And, and that's what you have to understand. He, he's, you, you are the spitting image of that right now. And you're working by the Holy Spirit of God. But the true Holy Spirit of God, when it gets on you, guess what it's going to do? It's going to reveal the truth to you, and you're going to respond accordingly. But when you flip around and become a stumbling block and determine that it's more important to, once again, have your name on the pew versus having someone in the pew that you're preaching the gospel to, you have flipped the purpose. If you, if you come to church, and I'm not saying y'all did this, but I'm going to use you as an example. If you come to church here just because there are things for your children to do, you're, you're wrong, right? You know? Yeah, exactly. And then <laughs> they wouldn't get nothing, okay? Brother Charles, if you're coming to church here just because we got a bald preacher. That looks like him. Yeah. <laughs> and you want him to sing what? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. His, you want to, you, you know, you're wrong. How many people are walking around out there making those very same statements? And then the church says, come visit us. We have something for all of you. And it ain't the Holy Spirit. You got coffee? Kid got a coffee bar. Kids get cookies. Kids get to go and sit in the nursery and and play. Yeah, yeah. We got a, yeah. We went by church a few weeks ago and there was inflatables everywhere. Okay. And there was a, and guess what? There was a crowd of people out there, in front of it. That will bring them in. But first off, it's not going to just bring them in. It's going to bring the enemy in. Okay. Yeah, it won't keep them. And guess what? That enemy comes in and he probes for weaknesses, doesn't he? He'll probe for weaknesses. So you understand? So this is what happened. This is what happened to Peter. So we're going to stop right there because those are some of his conflicts. We'll be back on Peter again. And Peter is going to take us. Remember, I told you it's going to take us a while. How many of you can rate, relate to tonight? Boy side, both sides of the coin for me. And yeah, yeah, wait, yeah, wait, yeah, thank you. Well, you should have been in traffic with me yesterday. I mean, yeah, the other day when I was going to Kentucky. I mean, there wasn't a car on the road I didn't yell at. <laughs> yeah, it was. And I was hollering, move. And I yelled so loud, Blair started hollering with me. <laughs> yeah, y'all need to move, you know. 